Have you ever just wanted someone to walk alongside you as you do the thing? The thing that makes your heart come alive and leaves our world just a little bit more like Jesus than we found it. I'm a girl wildly passionate about cheering on my friends in the pursuit of making God known through their unique calling. So buckle up because I'll gather up my favorite seasoned and rising leaders in their fields to share inspirational stories, strategic advice, and hard-won wisdom. I'm your host, Rebecca Dotson-George, and welcome to the Do The Thing Movement Podcast. You're listening to another episode of the Do The Thing Movement Podcast, and the music in the background is the song Yours by Katie Hurst, so definitely go check out her music if you have not already. And today on the show, we have one of my good buddies, one of my former bosses, Nelson Lizer, on the show to talk all about career advice, what to do when you're searching for a new job, how to interview well all the things. And I just thought this would be such a relevant conversation to have during this crazy, crazy time in our world. So let me introduce you to my friend, Nelson. Okay, Nelson, I am so excited to have you on the show today. This is so fun for me and just excited to talk about job search, about interviewing, about a lot of things that are really probably heavy on the hearts of a lot of our listeners. However, you're the expert sure. in all these things, which is why I love you. And what people won't know when they start listening is you used to be my boss, which is so fun. And now years later, we get to talk about all this kind of fun stuff and just kind of unpack your wisdom, which I'm super excited about. So I'd love for you to start by just telling everybody a little bit about you, about the work that you've done for gosh, how many years now? 21 years. And just your experience kind of in this space before we jump into all the things. Yeah, sure. Hey, listen, I am pumped that I made it on your show. I wasn't sure I'd make the cut. So uh, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I'm honored to be here. I guess I passed the interview. So that's good news. I have worked in recruiting for 22 years, a variety of different organizations I started with staffing firms, which just meant I worked in companies that helped other companies find talent. Uh, and again, a, a large variety of roles. Uh, I guess when I looked back at that nine-year period before I got into corporate recruiting, uh, I had a hundred different companies that I supported over that period. Not all at once, but a lot of different types of jobs, different industries, mom and pops, billion-dollar corporations, I mean, mm -hmm. a lot of different sizes, right? Uh, have worked in sales recruiting a majority of the time that I've been on the corporate side. Um, I had a three and a half year run in healthcare, helped to build a team from the ground up here in the Knoxville region. And, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, my sweet spot really is sales recruiting. That's what I enjoy the most for sure. Awesome. And one thing I'd love for you to start by sharing, and I've heard you tell this story I don't know how many times is the story about post 9-11 in your career? Because I think when I hear you tell that story, I think that's really one of the things God's used to kind of give you a heart now to kind of walk alongside other people. So yeah. I think that season for you is similar to what a lot of people are facing now. So before we jump into the job search piece, would yeah. you tell a little bit about that time in your life? Sure. So, um, you know, it was about as much fun as folks were having today with, yeah. you know, I'm in between or my company is uh, about to lay me off. I mean, you know, I knew that, um, 
I knew that it was coming, um, but there really wasn't much I could do from a work perspective to prevent it. So I, I was in an agency. I was placing accountants. Uh, I'd use the term headhunter. So I was, you know, paid a fee if I could go find some awesome accountant, uh, typically with some experience, you know, financial analyst or cost accountant or controller, CFO, jobs like that. And the market right after 9-11, of course, uh, was very challenging and we were in a recession and uh, I was new to that role. I'd only been in that job for about seven months. was doing well, uh, but, you know, when it goes from doing well to it just dries up, uh, and you're working on commission, uh, and there's no commission. It's just not a, you know, not a good spot to be in. So, um, early Oh two, uh, I was, you know, laid off and needed to look for something. And man, you, you think about it at that point, I had years of staffing agency experience, helping companies find people. And then I was in a spot going, wait a minute, I'm the one that connect the people to the company. And now I, I don't have a thing. Right. Yeah. Um, I, uh, spent a whopping two weeks at home uh, before I was clawing the walls, uh, climbing the walls, pushing through. The, I, I was just going a little nutty. Um, I painted several rooms in the house, sent out 1,100 copies of my resume. I'm not going to recommend that you do that. Uh, again, I was clawing the walls. Um, I needed to do something. Um, you know, I, uh, I was blessed to be able to take several different, I guess, <laughs> I guess I could use the word consulting assignments. You know, that, that's what you put on a resume, but picture, you know, going from here salary wise down to, okay, now you're making like 12 bucks an hour. Right. right. Uh, and you're a temporary employee. Uh, consulting sounds a little better though. Right. But I did that for three months, uh, several different companies. Um, definitely some spots I hadn't been in before. Uh, one was actually working in an accounting department and I barely passed accounting and failed finance the first time in college. So that's kind of comical, but you know, I was doing some data entry for, for a controller. Great lady had been a client of mine in my prior life. So, so one lesson is you never know who you're going to end up working for, right? That's right. Or, or in, or in what role. Um, it was, you know, it was a, a, a three month period where I really had a very different perspective of life as the job seeker. Um, I certainly hope I've always treated people with respect on all ends of the spectrum, whether I could assist them or not. Um, but, you know, I think I understood the emotional side of, man, what happens when you're killing it? And then all of a sudden, bam, it's gone and through no fault of your own. And heck, that can happen in a good economy, right? You could be rocking and rolling, doing a great job. And all of a sudden, an equity firm buys your business or a competitor buys you. And, you know, Blockbuster used to exist until you know, some other stuff existed that just made them irrelevant. I mean, I could yeah. give plenty of examples of that. So um, that's one of those moments that you look back and you understand what God was taking you through in the middle of it. You're going, no, no, this has got to end. Like two days of this is enough, right? Yeah, I, I just think about that. And then I think about the number of times that I've seen you take a mic or stand to the side with a college student and be able to share that on the other side of it. And it's really cool to see how God kind of redeemed what was a really hard season for your family into something that now, you know, you're sharing on LinkedIn and, and you're sharing on podcasts and things about not only that season, but coaching people kind of in this whole space. So I love that. And one of my favorite things that you talk about is LinkedIn. So I'd love for you to share a little bit about that. Fun fact, we met on LinkedIn, if listeners don't know that. So when I worked for Nelson, I actually 
was introduced to him via LinkedIn and he reached out to me about a job that um, that I had for a couple of years on his team. And it's fun that, you know, I think this is an example of a time where um, doing LinkedIn well and investing time in that and networking in that space um, was a win for both of us. And so I'd love for you sure. to talk about yeah. About that tool and kind of where you would recommend people invest time or pour into yeah. that. Yeah. Sure. So, you know, it, it uh, I guess on a related note before we jump into LinkedIn, because, you know, we're really speaking about it from the standpoint of networking. Mm-hmm. And it took me literally years and um, I don't know, probably 40 or 50 or more speaking engagements on college campuses and classrooms and with student organizations before it finally dawned on me. I think one brave student pulled me aside to go, hey, dude, hey, old guy, networking's not cool. We don't like it. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, I know you could be intimate. No, 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 don't use that word. Like, it's just not something you should say. I always thought it was fun. Um, I guess there's two different ways maybe to look at it. And the mm-hmm. only way I have ever or could ever work at it is to make a genuine connection. It yeah. isn't about, you know, uh, what can I get from Rebecca? It's, you know, does Rebecca maybe match a, an opening I have? Could she maybe hire somebody I know? I mean, it's really just getting to know your story and, and where you are, whether you're a leader out there in a field or a potential hire or would know somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess that's the way I've always approached it in the physical sense, you know, when, when you go about town, if you will, to different organizations. And so when I first noticed LinkedIn, um, you know, the Knoxville market was uh, not really an early adopter of the tool. I mean, th- this is the world I live in. I'm thinking, cool, just a way to meet people all over and I don't have to travel to 100 cities to get there. So yeah. just started making connections all over with the mindset of, you know, it, it network in, in the right sense, making connections, yeah. helping people kind of move things along from a career perspective. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't say that folks necessarily need to invest the kind of time that I have, um, you know, Based on what I do for a living, I, I'm a I'm a, a hyper user, very active, uh, play on the site a ton. Have helped build out different groups. Uh, actually, the local group in Knoxville, networking Knoxville, that I started in '09, uh, has over 8,000 local connections. I'm um, just a fun place to share job openings, you know, events around town, that kind of stuff. So, you know, a you have to have a profile. I think that's the world we are definitely in today. Um, it's a tool where, you know, at a minimum, good headshot, you know, essentially an online resume of sorts. You know, I wouldn't get too wordy. I'd, I'd use bullet points and kind of share your experiences and then, you know, be brave enough to make some connections. Um, don't worry about, do you know, the folks, you know, m- make some introductory messages, uh, spend some time looking at, you know, maybe companies that you would potentially go to. No, no, no. I want to stay where I am. Well, that's Okay. Um, I guess I would steal a phrase from a gentleman that wrote a book years ago. Uh, he would say that uh, to dig, dig your well before you're thirsty. Because mm. um, obviously before, you know, uh, Harvey McKay's his name. Um, I, I don't remember the book, but I remember the phrase. And that's always kind of sat with me from a networking perspective. You, you just you just never know. I, mean, I may not hire you. You may not work for my company, but uh, what if what if we could trade names? I have just as many stories of helping other folks land a great gig uh, where they didn't come work for me, Rebecca. But you know, through a friend of a friend, uh, and and some we've never met. The only way we've met is on LinkedIn. I mean, I 
you know, it's half the fun. Oh yeah. And I can think of, so the season for me where I transitioned from working on your team when I got married to working down here in Mississippi. So I knew, I knew the market where I live and that basically means there's just not a lot going on here. And so they hire many recruiters down here. (laughs) So, you know, kind of when we got engaged, really my search was to find something remote. If I was going to stay in recruiting, that's what it was going to look like. And you know, just a good example of that is I connected with a ton of people just inside organizations who were hiring remote recruiters. So if, you know, even if you maybe know something might be on the horizon for you, or even in the next couple of years, you could see yourself making a transition, just building out that network in that way is super helpful now so that you, so that you have it later. Um, And the other thing I'd add to that is, you know, I'm not at all going to say to the unemployed or the underemployed individual in today's market to not get on indeed and other tools like that and look for jobs. You should. What I would tell you before you hit the easy button and apply on Indeed is get on LinkedIn, see if you can find Rebecca, the recruiter or the hiring manager or a staff member and just, you know, an introduction. I mean, think, you know, Mm -hmm. basically buying coffee without necessarily going to the coffee shop and just Mm -hmm. having a quick conversation about the company's culture, about kind of where they're headed. Uh, I mean, you don't necessarily have to be a salesperson or be what you may think of as too pushy to, to do those introductions. Right. Um, and I'd say what, what's the worst thing that could happen is you send an invite and they don't accept. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, worse off. Um, and, and leveraging that tool and and getting into the uh, LinkedIn inbox, if you will, puts you, in a different plane that if you just go through an indeed and you're one of 50, a hundred, 200 people that have applied for the role. Exactly. Yeah. Especially I think these pieces matter even more now in the world that they, they just matter anyway, but they matter yes. even more in the space that we're in now where yeah. remote work is becoming even, even more of a thing in our culture. It's and blown up, right? I mean, so many companies up. that are going, man, uh, wait, that's a thing that, you know, maybe their HR department or other areas went, no, no, or the senior leader said, no, we can't, we can't. Well, what happens when you don't have a choice? And now they're going, hey, this could be a real thing. Yeah. Even when we get past this messiness, we may engage our community of employees this way across the country. We Mm -hmm. may be able to get into markets where Mm -hmm. we never would have tapped talent because, you know, they had to move to a certain town. And that the rules have changed right? Yeah. for jobs that can be remote. And there's a lot that can, of course. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for me, this beca- became so much more important in my last search because, you know, you're not connecting with people around town where you have a commonality and you can, you can do some of the things or meet people in some ways right. in a job fair in person or something like that. Yeah. When yeah. you're yeah. strictly looking for a remote role, which is again, going to become more popular, there's, connecting in that way and introducing yourself and doing all these things. And they are, I believe what is going to land you the role versus just applying. Um, And that's the case always, but it's even more so the case in the remote world, I think. So, yeah. So when we work together, just a quick stat, if if memory um, serves me right, 
uh, if I'm off, I'm not off by much. Building the recruiting team there, it was close to 80, 85% of the staff that was hired over a three and a half year period to, to work uh, under me, with me, whatever you want to say, was through networking. It wasn't yeah. through posting a job and hoping and, um, you know, ho- hope is still a strategy. Okay. Uh, I'm certainly a believer in that, but it, you know, it wasn't just sit, post the job as the employer and, and you know, keep our fingers crossed that the right people mm-hmm. applied. Right. I mean, teammates would uh, make introductions and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and using tools like LinkedIn uh, mm-hmm. is how we filled the roles. Mm-hmm. And you would, you would pour into college interns who became yep. a couple of recruiters, you know, yep. those types of, sure. all those things yep. matter. Yeah. Well, and Hey, listen to that point. I mean, how did we get the college interns relationships with professors that were decades deep? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I always felt like we were blessed to uh, have folks, students that were handpicked to come work. It wasn't hard to do the interviews. It wasn't a lot of people to have to talk to. They had already been vetted and yeah. fit me as a leader, fit the culture. And, you know, um, I know at least a couple of them are still there. Absolutely killing it today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so another thing that you coach people on, which I love, and I think you're the the only person that I have ever heard talk about this. And so it, obviously nobody's doing it <laughs> in interviews is building your book. So oh, I would yeah. love sure. for you to talk to listeners yep. about that. Yep. Yep. So, um, you know, the best ideas are stolen, right? Um, so right. I'll admit I took it from pharmaceutical sales. There was a moment in my life years ago that, um, had several folks that I knew were in pharma and encouraged me to, you know, potentially leave recruiting, uh, which Mm -hmm. clearly I didn't do. Um, (laughs) But I did interview with several firms and and learned just by doing research that one of the things you had to have was a brag book. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm I'm not braggy. What, what does that even mean? Well, you know, it's sales. So it just meant accolades and scorecards and those kinds of things. And I learned quickly if all I brought to an interview was a resume and you come in with the same credentials and you got the brag book, I'm out. I don't make it to the next round. So I thought, well, I I don't like the phrase brag book. I'll have to use it when I interview with them, but um, but boy, that's kind of a cool idea. Right. Mm -hmm. And at that, well, heck I've been in the deal, as I mentioned, 22 years Mm -hmm. for the most part, I don't hear other people coaching this or candidates. How often did you, have you seen any say, well, here's my book. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I've landed roles uh, like the job that I just left through networking and I, and I had a book together. Um, I wasn't qualified for the job. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, mean, I, I couldn't spell nurse on a good day, knew nothing about healthcare, but was networked into the role. And I've got to believe that part of the reason that they pulled the trigger and had some faith that I could turn things around and the team did, they did a fabulous job uh, was I, I had a book. You know, it, I had past leaders and so, just, okay, how do I get my book? It, it could be emails from colleagues, from a professor, pr- from, you know, someone that you've worked with in a committee out in town through the Chamber of Commerce or some volunteer activity you've done, any kind of accolade, any project you've done. I mean, what I don't want you to do is think that there's some secret formula for yeah. the book, right? Just take the idea and think, well, what? if I were to put the book of Rebecca together, what would be in there from a career perspective? I I really think for most people, that's all I've got to share. Now you're not going to overproduce it and send it to 50 companies. This is something that um, when I've used it, I've come into, you know, a significant um, stage of the interview process, Mm -hmm. right? Maybe this is the second one or, or it's the first one with a senior leader and it's sitting there on the side. 
Mm-hmm. Right? I, I haven't pushed it across the table. They've, they've got to, you know, well, what's that? What's the book of Nelson? Would you, yeah. would you like a copy? I mean, we can't cover everything today in an hour or two, but here's what folks in my past would say about me and things that I've been able to accomplish. So. Yeah. And I think it gives you a lot of good speaking points. Almost if you're not comfortable with interviewing, almost as a little bit of a security blanket, right? Of things you can fall back on if they ask you a question, a behavioral question that you're like, dang it, yeah. I don't, it, I don't know where to go with journey. that. I mean, yeah, that, that's it's, it, you. You are reading your own book, and I mean, especially for hey, I'm an introvert. I, I'm not. I'm just making up a story. But, <laughs> hey, 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 I'm an introvert, or hey, I don't like the idea of networking, or hey, selling myself. I mean, I do X for a living, and I'm not a salesperson. Okay, you've got to have a book, right? Because mm-hmm. as you just said, Rebecca, you go back through your career journey, and you're thinking, man, I, you know, there's some things that I've done that are. I, that are really worth mentioning. If you've worked more than just a few years, you have plenty to talk about. If you'll go through the exercise of building this, you know, the hardest, the hardest time to build it is when you first build it. Yeah. Now, as you add to it, once you get a kind of a rhythm down, it's no big deal to go, Hey, I'm going to save that email. I'm going to save that award. I'm going to save that accolade. I'm going to save that comment from a colleague, that handwritten note that someone gave, whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then updating it, if you will, is no big deal. And yep. listen, I, I think this is even an internal tool, right? You, you're looking for that internal promotion. Uh, you come in with a book and I don't, and we're equally qualified. Ah, it's kind of game over for me. Mm-hmm. And I think a good thing to think about, especially during this time, is whether the role that you're interviewing for is remote or not, there's a good chance that something about the process is not as normal because of the world yeah. that what's normal yeah. Yeah. and yeah. so I'm thinking back to when I interviewed with the, the company I'm with now and they're located in Florida and they my whole interview process took place remotely I never met a human being that worked for the company I worked for before I showed up to orientation in Florida yeah yeah and yeah. so my follow-up stuff with them I did kind of like a digital version (laughs) of the Rebecca book. And so I think that's something to consider too, if there are things that you could put together in a PDF format or something like that to follow up with, that's, that's going to go so far, especially during such a weird time. And so something like that would be a good idea to put together. too. No question. No question. And and let's say we get past this, uh, which we will at Mm -hmm. some point and life is, um, more similar. I'm I'm not going to say new normal or it's Mm -hmm. back to what, listen, whatever. I don't even like using any of those terms really, but let's say life changes to the point that we can go anywhere we want to go and we're not having to wear masks and the world's not getting sick and dying and you know, life's not as crazy as it is today. This is certainly a very strange time. Um, it, those kinds of things are still important. Uh, let's say you want to move from one town to another, and maybe you, maybe the, the stages of the process you still physically meet. Digital is still going to help you along that process with follow-up emails and those kinds of things. It really just helps tie things down. Yeah. And that's an easy way too, for it to get passed around to like, you know, if if you're interviewing on a panel and you follow up and and something digital is going to get passed around, you know, easier even than like a physical copy. So there's no doubt about it. Yep. For sure. Okay. So for people who, you know, maybe they've lost a job, maybe they're, maybe they were already in a space where they were going to make a career transition and then the world got flipped upside down. As far as interviewing, 
goes, what advice would you give? It can be interviewing. It can be, this is me like giving you the floor to like bring hope and encouragement to people who are discouraged right now. So we got like a two hour time limit or (laughs) (laughs) so I, you know, first and foremost, um, you have to have a hope strategy. Okay. And I think in order to get there in my past, um, I I was blessed. I I should insert this. I married up in a big way. Okay. So, uh, in, within my circle of influence for certain is my wife. Um, so, and I could name other people, but the point of the story is who's in your circle of influence, friend, family member, coworker, boss, et cetera, that is someone that has, has and will be your champion, invest in you, encourage you. This is not about, do they have a a job opportunity for you? This is about, are they going to keep you motivated through this process? Mm -hmm. Um, If I flip back to that time in my life where I was in between, I knew who those people were and I knew who the negative people were. Mm. I wasn't spending any time calling, texting, hanging out with the negative folks at that moment in my life. And I, and I don't say that to try to be mean. I'm talking friends or family members. That, that's a moment where you've got to kind of have a little distance because you have a very significant life event happening that uh, you, you need to have positive energy around and yeah. you need to be hopeful. Um, the next thing I would say is if you are in between, do something. Yeah. Work for Instacart, work for Amazon, work, you know, do some at home thing that you wouldn't have normally done. Maybe it's beneath your um, expertise or, or dollar wise isn't, you know, something you could take long term, but you could sign up for something as a project or temporarily. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll, it'll help you interview so much sharper um, because you're occupying your day 20 or your week rather 20, 30, 40 hours of this other work that you're dialed into. You're not just thinking, I got to have a job. I got to have a job. I got to have a job all day long. Yeah. When you come into interview and you have that mindset, whether it's a digital interview, you're coming into that or a phone interview or face to face as a recruiter, I can, I can tell Mm -hmm. when there's desperation. Um, And what's hard to figure out is, is that because of the current situation or is this person just going to be a bad job fit because they, does that make any sense? Yeah. You've got to just not have that there. So I think it's hope strategy, do some level of work anywhere, anything you can take to just continue to contribute, continue to keep your mind sharp. Um, and, and now we're to the interview, right? We've networked our way into the interview. You've prepared your book. So you have a good idea of what you've done. Well, you, you need to figure out what you haven't done well and own it. Uh, I, I haven't gotten it right every time. Um, yeah, I've certainly made some mistakes, uh, some really large ones over over the way. Um, you know, I'm seasoned enough in my career that I'm going to own it. I mean, I'll even own the big ones. Uh, I'd, I'd rather you know what I'm really not good at before you hire me and expect that that's going to be a core thing that I'm, that I'm going to need to own and do. Um, and, and I give you that same advice, right? Interview from a position of strength, knowing your story, knowing where you fit as a recruiter, I'm going to trust that you know yourself better than I'm going to in the next hour, two, three hours, right? I could spend a day with you. I'm still not going to be able to completely understand your full story. I'm, I'm, in, I'm going to need to work with you to, to really get a better picture of that, right? So, so there's this element of job fit. You've got to, as the job seeker, work through that just as much as I need to as the recruiter or the hiring manager. 
manager, and which comes with asking a lot of questions and doing some research on the company and, you know, finding out more about my expectations as a leader, if, if I'm going to be your supervisor, or if I'm, if I'm say a coach in the process, I'm the recruiter. What do I know about the company culture, about the role, et cetera. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's so easy to be so defeated going into an interview or something like that right now, because, you know, seven, eight months ago, everybody was in a really good spot, you know? And, and so overnight, um, you went from, I was listening to something else that you recorded recently, that other, that other podcast. And I loved when you talked about, um, you know, it's not your fault. (laughs) that the world is going oh, through right. a global Man, pandemic. Let's hit that. Right? Yeah. yeah. Listen, it, it it's not. And there are so many, it is not your fault. Yeah. There are so many people that are, have been affected. We've all been affected in some way yeah. from a work perspective. There are, there are people that absolutely were at the top of their game, killing it. And mm-hmm. the next thing you know, game over, shut down, mm-hmm. game over, shut down, permanently. Um, yeah, I'm blessed to be with an organization that turned things back on. Uh, you know, many have not, they're small businesses. I mean, you know, the story that have, um, that are, that are hanging on and barely, and there are others that are doing okay. And some that have had to decide to go in another direction. I guess here's what I would say that I've noticed about our history as a country, um, through, through challenging times, and this is ex- this is certainly an extremely challenging one. Uh, we don't rest. We're we're not going to just take it laying down and give up. I mean, America does not do that as a as a country. We just don't. So, I fully believe there will be individuals that were at the top of their game and go, "Hey, you know what? I, I've got some dollars set aside, and I've, I've been doing this corporate gig for a long, long, long time." Maybe now's the time I should I should do it do a thing and yeah. and start a business. Uh, next thing you know, they're absolutely just you know nailing it and and hiring you know some folks and and doing some awesome things. Listen, it it happens every time we have a down economy. Things like that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, companies get smarter. They go in different directions. They 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 have to figure out how to innovate, and through that, divisions are created that hire thousands of people. So, I, you know, I, I guess the thing I would say is I, I do understand. Hey, Nelson, I got to put bread on the table. Mm-hmm. I, I've been there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just sharing from the heart how I got through that. I mean, certainly there there was an element of prayer. That's a whole other podcast for at least mm-hmm. an hour, right? Right. Um, the hope thing isn't just something I pulled out of the air. I mean, You've got to have people around you saying on a daily basis, maybe even more often than daily, right? Uh, Hey, you're going to come out of this deal and don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to ask for resources. I mean, even if and I'm talking about for food, for uh, to to pay the rent, whatever it takes to help you bridge the gap and move along. There are resources in your community and resources in your region that, you you know, maybe now's the time to tap into them. Don't be too proud. Uh, And then when you get back up and and rock and roll and again, then invest back in those. Right. Yeah. And we're a country that really does that well. So uh, with all the noise that's going on in America right now, tune that out and remember that in general, we do that really well as a country and we will come out of this deal. Definitely. 
Okay. So there's a question that I ask every person at the end of each episode. It's my favorite question. Oh boy. Everybody has a different answer. And this yeah. morning I was racking my brain of just like things that you shared with me over the years. And I thought, Ooh, I wonder which one they'll share. So the question is, what do you think is the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? Best piece of advice I've ever been given. Um, I'm going to take given just a little bit differently. I mean, you usually would think, you know, given, in other words, someone sat down and said this to me. Okay. I would say my given is more this happened to me and I've been able to share it. Um, and, and I feel like it hopefully has helped a, a lot of hundreds, if not more, you know, cause I've done this a long time. Um, and work for a mentor. Like, well, that's pretty simple. Well, my very first role out of college was, oh, yeah, there was a recession. Uh, there were newspapers. The Internet wasn't a thing. I mean, I know this like 100 years ago, right? Um, basically, I couldn't find a gig, so I, I created a T-shirt printing business with a couple of my buddies. I'm not an artist, didn't know anything about T-shirt printing. I just, you know, was a college grad. I was in a fraternity and a lot of different groups on campus, and um we certainly bought shirts. So I knew that there was a market at least at UT Chattanooga. Um, and we created a deal, right. And started growing it, uh, merged with a competitor and that ended up not working out. So that was about a three year journey. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm getting to the mentor part. I interviewed for an outside sales role. This is before I get into recruiting. I did this for two years. I interview with um, some companies that are selling copy machines. So picture jumping in your truck, going door to door all over town, walking into businesses. Hey, do you want to buy a copy or no, get out. Um, <laughs> it's not exactly how it went, but that's how it feels, right? I'm interviewing with two organizations that are doing the same thing. I don't, I don't remember exactly how I fell into that's what I was going to end up doing, right? Um, I picked the role that I knew was going to challenge me the most, mm -hmm. was going to be by far the hardest, this organization was going to charge more for their equipment than the other local vendor. But the leader was, I, I could just tell Phil was going to mentor and grow and develop and challenge me and call me out. You know, I, I, I was inexperienced and I knew I would need a lot of coaching and I needed someone that um, was going to be brave enough to, to share it and uh, force me to grow. Um, that's the job I took. Um, he was only there six months cause he had already been there for years. He was tapped on the shoulder to move into a district role and just kept growing. Right. Uh, but I've been blessed a majority of my career. I've had great mentors. Yeah. So the best advice that I've given is that that, that just kind of fell in, into my life. Uh, I would tell you to take less money if it meant, no, I'm not saying there's my negotiation tactic, take less, but it would be worse the long term for you to land with the right leader than it would be, hey, I'm going to make 10 grand more. And, and I've heard bad things about this person around town. Well, don't work for them. Yeah. You're better no, than I that, totally agree. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. I love it. I love it. Well, this has been so much fun. I know this is going to be a good one for people to come back to and just reference back to even in the future. So thank you for being I on. I sure hope so. I Man, I've had a blast. Uh, they're welcome to connect and follow me on LinkedIn. I've got a lot of different uh, things that I share there uh, for job seekers to just walk through the process. Um, yeah, as I've already hopefully uh, you know uh, pushed out, it doesn't matter if they're going to come work for the company I work for. You can still follow, look for advice, reach out to me. I'm happy to help as much as I can. Yes. It's been awesome catching up. 
I know. So step one, if you don't already have a LinkedIn, create your profile yes. and then connect. Oh, with hello. You. And yes. then on your inside, when you go to somebody's LinkedIn profile, you can see what they have published recently in terms of articles and things like that. So if you go yes. there, you would be able to kind of go back in the archives and read yep. um, kind of that whole series you've put together for the job seeker. If you are somebody who hires people, you've written a lot about that yes. too. And then you've written a lot yes. from a recruiting perspective as well. So yep. any yep. of those. Absolutely. So you can either connect or follow. And I say that for me, but also for just professionals all across the, the world, really, you can find individuals that if you're not comfortable connecting or they're out of connections because they've already got 30,000 and that's the limit, you can hit the follow button and still see their content. There's just a lot of great resources there. And listen, folks, it's free. Yeah. And especially right now for people, you're thinking, hey, you're giving me this idea that I got to put. No, you don't have to pay for it. You can, you can get the app on your phone create it and be up and running later today. Yes. Awesome. Okay, cool. You're awesome. Thank you for being on today. Had a blast. Thanks so much for listening to the show. If you need anything from me at all, I'm super easy to find Rebecca Dotson George on Instagram and Facebook. I'd love to connect with you and hear how the show is encouraging you. And hey, let's help make it possible for even more listeners to be encouraged by hearing stories of my people doing the thing. There's a couple ways you can do that. One, by subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. And two, screenshot the show and share it on your Instagram stories. Oh, and make sure you tag me there so we can connect as well. All right. I can't wait to talk to you again soon. And thanks so much for listening to the Do The Thing Movement podcast.